Let's check the news in the 8 o'clock hour with News Director Nathan Cones. Thank you very much, John, and good morning, everyone. A federal district court has temporarily blocked the implementation of an Iowa law, that's SF-496, that restricts education about gender identity and sexuality for elementary students, as well as requires schools to remove sexually explicit materials from their libraries. A judge issued the injunction late on Friday, indicating the law likely violates First Amendment protections and was too broad. Governor Kim Reynolds, who advocated for the law during last year's legislative session, issued a written statement in response to the court's ruling. She says, I'm extremely disappointed in Friday's ruling. Instruction on gender identity and sexual orientation has no place in kindergarten through sixth grade classrooms. There should be no question that books containing sexually explicit content, as clearly defined in Iowa law, do not belong in a school library for children. The fact that we're even arguing these issues is ridiculous. The real debate should be about why society is so intent on over-sexualizing our young children. It's wrong, and I'll continue to do my part to protect their innocence. And again, that's a quote from Governor Reynolds. She and Iowa Attorney General Brenna Byrd both signaled their intent to continue pushing for the bill's full implementation. Lambda Legal, the American Civil Liberties Union of Iowa, and Jennifer and Block LLP filed the lawsuit on behalf of Iowa Safe Schools and LGBTQ plus students. While the plaintiff's request for an injunction was approved, the court has yet to issue a final ruling on the constitutionality of the law. A University of Iowa engineering professor says extreme drought poses concerns about water quality as well as the water supply. David Swertney is a professor of civil and environmental engineering. Lots of communities are looking at how they can augment their existing supply or find alternative supplies, you know, which is why we really need to take really good care of the resources we have and not have impaired supplies that then can't work. Swartney is the director of the University of Iowa's Center of Health Effects of Environmental Contamination. The center was established in 1987 by the Iowa Groundwater Protection Act. When we have a drought, we still have the same types of amounts of chemicals that we're putting into that water, but less water there. It leads to higher concentrations and sometimes greater need for treatment, which can also stresses how water systems need to uh, provide for their communities. Swartney says beyond regional water systems that serve communities and rural residents, about 300,000 Iowans rely solely on a private well for their water. Many of those are shallow inside, say, the alluvial plains near rivers and creeks. As those start to dry up, then you have homeowners that are on their own because those fall out of most state and federal oversight needing to secure water supplies. And we hear anecdotal tales of um, residents in northwest Iowa who have had their wells run dry. And we're just beginning to think about what that means for the quality and and the reliability of, of well water for private well consumers. Swartney made his comments during a recent appearance in Iowa Press and Iowa PBS. And the Carroll County Board of Supervisors has a lengthy agenda scheduled for their meeting this morning, which was moved from its regular time of Monday morning due to the New Year holiday. The board convenes at 9 a.m. in the Conservation Education Center at Swan Lake State Park. They'll open their first meeting of the year by appointing a temporary chairperson to manage the meeting until a new chair and vice chair are selected to serve for the year. The board will then hear from new opportunities representatives for updates on opioid funding awarded to the county. Region 12 Council of Governments is also on the agenda to present its fiscal year 2025 funding request. The supervisors will hold a brief discussion concerning contract law and existing and future county agreements, as well as adjustments to the ongoing courthouse HVAC and improvement project. This is following by more, followed by more than a dozen annual appointments to boards and committees, and that includes the Board of Health, County Weed Commissioner, the Board of Adjustment, and many others. 
The final items on the agenda for today's meeting are manure management annual updates, committee reports, and then a closed session for the supervisors to discuss union negotiations with the Carroll County Paramedics Association. Today's meeting is open to the public, excluding that closed session portion, and a link to the full agenda is included with this story on our website at 1380kcim.com. And that is going to be wrapping up your KCIM 8 o'clock news. I'm Nathan Cones reporting. Appreciate the update, Nathan. Once again, we look forward to tomorrow. We're going to have Brian Best in studio. He's going to be here to uh, chat about his final go around in the legislature. He has decided he is not going to run for reelection. So uh, this is going to be it for Brian. Kind of would see what his priorities are, what went into that decision to uh, decide to hang it up and, and more. It's going to be an interesting conversation, I think, tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. Sorry. I was, yeah, I forgot to turn my mic on that time, uh, but <laughs> hey, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. It's always fun to talk to the guys. Uh, you know, it, it happens a lot when it comes to politicians, regardless of the level they're at, uh, there's, there's kind of an otherness to them that, that doesn't really need to happen in terms of like, these, these are people that live in our communities. You know, if you've ever bumped into Brian, very nice guy, like very fun to talk to, um, you know, sometimes they're, they're tasked with tough decisions. So I think it's important mm-hmm. to remember that they are human beings as well. Uh, a really interesting take that I, I will definitely be asking him tomorrow morning is, Hey, this is kind of the last one. You're not running again. It's known you're not running again. Is there anything that you'd maybe didn't vote for, didn't vote against in the past, worrying about reelection that maybe yeah. you you would now? So that's yeah. that's always interesting. And it's always interesting. The local politicians like this, even statewide politicians, are vastly vastly different than national politicians. I mean, they are a different breed altogether. They're not the Maybe the ego-driven, <laughs> shall I say? I, uh, I think the there's, there's definitely some some oh, instances of that in the, some, in the state yeah. legislature, but it's not. You don't wield the same power that a national, like in the in the House of Representatives mm-hmm. of the U.S. Senate, right? Like it's just not the same. They're not put on the pedestal. Like it, I'll it's just not your full time job, right? That, and then I also mentioned like. If you saw Senator Chuck Grassley walking to the grocery store, like you would recognize him. You would mm-hmm. definitely know who he was. Uh, most people would anyway. Um, and he'd probably talk to you. I'm not, nothing against uh, Senator Grassley here. But if you saw like uh, Senator Schultz or, or Representative Best, a lot of folks probably wouldn't even recognize him. Or they might be like, I feel like I should know who that is. Type yeah. of situation. They're not quite put on the same pedestal. Um, good or bad a little bit of anonymity going on there for them so that's that's good for them but it'll be interesting to talk to brian tomorrow and find out what went into that decision what his priorities for his last go around all of that stuff so again thanks for the news update nathan and we look forward to again talking with brian best tomorrow morning 806 right here on kcim